0: DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Praying with Scripture Christian Contemplation and Meditation in the Ignatian Tradition with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lantieri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life Praying with Scripture, Christian Contemplation and Meditation in the Ignatian Tradition with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Thanks, Chris. Meditation and Contemplation, An Ignatian Guide to Praying with Scripture. When we last spoke, we were just beginning to pray either in meditation or in contemplation. We were just kind of setting the table, but now it's time to sit down at that table.
1: That's, that's very nicely said. Yes, yeah, so what we did last time was to explore St. Ignatius' counsel about this particular moment in prayer. Let's say I set aside 20 minutes every day to pray with the readings from the mass of the day or a half hour or whatever amount of time um, I find helpful at this point in my spiritual life. Well, let's just say it's the 20 minutes. And I am ready now to leave aside the activity and enter into the time of prayer in my room, quiet place at home, in church, wherever that place is that I pray. How do I actually cross that threshold into the space of prayer. And as we said last time, St. Ignatius invites us, he says, for about the length of time it would take to say in our Father, to raise our hearts on high and consider how God our Lord looks upon us. The love that is there for me in the gaze of the Lord. Having done that, what's next? Let's say I'm going to pray with the, um, well, we'll use again the the passage of Peter and the catch of fish in Luke chapter 5. Let's say I want to, that's my particular, that's today's gospel in the Mass, or that's the gospel I really desire to pray with today. As I begin, the first thing I need, says St. Ignatius, is to have that scripture fresh in my consciousness, right at my spiritual fingertips. And so before I enter into the reflecting meditation or imagining contemplation, going through the text, it's helpful, St. Ignatius says, just to review the whole of the text. And I think many people do that just by very attentively and unheardly reading through the text, the 11 verses in this particular case in Luke chapter 5. Having done that, now not only am I aware of being in the presence of one who loves me, but his word is fresh, it's available, it's right there in my consciousness, That's a first kind of preparatory step, and I think it's evident how helpful that can be. Now, sometimes it may be that when we come to pray with a a text like The Catch of the Fish, it may, for whatever reason, may already be very fresh in my consciousness, and I'm ready just to plunge right into it. On that particular day, I may not need to reread it. If my heart's ready to pray, there's no need to keep preparing. All I need to do is enter into. The time of prayer. But I think many of us will find that our hearts ease in a very helpful way into the time of prayer if we do take that moment to review, probably with an unhurried reading, the text before we actually begin the meditation or contemplation. Having done that, St. Ignatius then invites us to, if we use his own word, to compose ourselves within the gospel scene. This is a kind of imaginative setting the stage, entering into the the particular scene. So, for example, if I'm going to pray, well, let's say again the um, Luke 5 and the catch of the fish, after I've read the text, what St. Ignatius invites me to do is to take just a brief moment to be there, to walk into the movie that's playing there before me. Mm-hmm. To, so I'm there... And here is the lake shore, the the crowds of people pressing in to hear Jesus' word. Jesus standing on the edge, almost being pushed into the water as the the crowd presses upon him. It's early morning, as we know from the passage. The sun is shining, the crowd is there. And a short distance away, the fishermen have beached their boats and are washing their nets. And so, imaginatively, I walk into that scene, and I'm there. Now again, as I say this, I think we can sense how this is preparing our hearts for prayer, engaging another part of our humanity into the Word, in this case, the our imagination. Or, for example, if I'm going to pray with the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, I may wish, after I've reviewed that passage, to briefly take a moment to imaginatively enter that scene. And so I'm there on this low mount in the landscape of the Holy Land. And I see Jesus seated, and I see the great crowds, the Gospel tells us, which throng about him because they've been healed by him, because they've been taught by him, and with great hunger to hear his words. I may even take my place seated among them, somewhere close to Jesus, and myself ready to listen. Now, I think we can see how this composing of ourselves within the Gospel scene really helps, as I say, to engage us more fully in the prayer, and and will make the prayer to come all the easier because we've already entered in this way as well. I want to read a description that I came across some time ago of how Saint Jane Francis de Chantal um, prayed with Scripture. She mm. was a um, lived in the 17th century and was a spiritual directee of Saint Francis de Sales, who did so much to help her grow spiritually and. Her husband died when she was 28. She had four small children. And it was during those years that this particular description tells us how she prayed. And it says that Jane Francis, when she was a widow caring for her little children, would read a gospel passage carefully. Well, there's that preparatory step that we just saw Ignatius describe. Uh Next, she would picture the scene, which is exactly what Ignatius next describes. And it's not surprising to find her. Praying in a way that sounds like St. Ignatius himself because her spiritual guide, St. Francis de Sales, made the Ignatian exercises and learned a great deal from St. Ignatius' teaching on how to pray. Next, she would picture the scene. And this particular day, she's praying with the text in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, which is when the centurion approaches Jesus and begs him to heal his servant who's at home and in terrible distress. And there is a crowd with Jesus. This is in Capernaum. Jesus has just entered this small town. The crowd is with him. When the centurion comes forward and and makes this anguished prayer from his heart, begging for the healing of his servant. And Jesus says, I will come and heal him. And to his amazement, the centurion says the words that we pray at every day at Mass, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Jesus marvels tells the people that not even in Israel has he found this kind of faith, turns to the centurion and says, "Go, it will be done for you according to your faith, and the servant is healed at that moment. Now that's the text that Jane Francis is praying with. She would picture the scene with elaborate care. This is perfect. Noting Christ, the disciples around him, the crowd as Jesus is entering this town, and now the centurion standing in the foreground before them and would then listen to his act of faith. Here was her backdrop, and that's exactly what Ignatius wants us to see. There is an imaginative scene or a backdrop now for her prayer. Weeks later, she had only to recall the scene and say, Lord, I am not worthy. And the content of the centurion's prayer flooded back. Later, she found that she had only to say, Lord, and she could pray as he had. Finally, she said no words but allowed the scene to calm her until she became the centurion. Which is a beautiful thing. The prayer is becoming deeper and deeper and deeper until the sentiments of faith in Jesus and trust in him that fill the heart of the centurion become hers. She she becomes the centurion. What's also remarkable in that is that having taken the time to set that imaginative scene, she finds that she can recall the prayer all the more easily, even weeks later. Which is a further benefit which will come from doing this. When the Catechism of the Catholic Church begins that lovely fourth section on prayer, the very first thing that it says about prayer is that prayer is a gift. Prayer is the gift of God. What I hope for from these 20 minutes will not come because of some technique or some ability of my own. But prayer is always grace, always a gift. And so, We begin as we're just about to enter our actual meditation or contemplation by asking the Lord for the grace we seek this day in prayer. Sometimes that grace may reflect something in the scripture that I'm about to pray. If I'm going to pray today with the calming of the storm at sea, I may know that I want to ask the Lord for a deeper faith in the storms that I'm undergoing in my own life. Or it simply may be something that I care in my heart today needs of various kinds that I want to present to the Lord, and I ask the Lord for that grace as I begin my prayer today. It may be, perhaps most simply of all, just to ask the Lord for help to be able to pray and to pray fruitfully as I begin this time of prayer. So to recap what we've said about how to begin the prayer, that space of time that it takes to say in Our Father to become aware of the love with which the Lord is looking upon me. My prayer becomes relationship. A review of the Scripture. I compose myself in the setting of the Scripture. I lift up my heart briefly and ask the Lord for the grace that I seek as I am about to begin this prayer. It's very simple. The doing of those simple steps is probably a matter of Two three minutes. Uh, uh-huh. Hard to put a quantity to it, but it's a very short time. But to go back to the analogy that we used before of the two friends meeting for coffee at Starbucks, those initial moments where they're getting settled, their eyes meet, the relationship begins, they get themselves physically set, those initial moments prepare in a way that fits with the way our with something that our hearts need. They prepare for the deeper communication. If we take the time to pray these brief preparatory steps, we will find now that our hearts enter much more easily into the prayer. I said earlier that oftentimes we can experience as we begin our prayer, we're, we're there because we love prayer, because we want to pray, but sometimes it can seem hard just to enter into the prayer. It's just difficult. These these simple and effective steps are Ignatius' way of, of guiding our hearts gently into the space where heart speaks to heart. To heart in the body of our prayer. Now, the fact that there are several of these brief steps allows us to, to raise another question, which is fundamental about any method in prayer. What if, for example, on a given day that I am about to pray with the catch of fish, and I find as I begin my 20 minutes that whatever has preceded this time brings me to this time of prayer, with my heart already engaged, already aware of the Lord, already within the passage, maybe already praying from my heart uh, Peter's own words and hearing Jesus' response, Depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus' gentle response, Do not be afraid. I'm already there. And I feel as though, well, St. Ignatius invites me to take that space of an Our Father, review the text, compose myself in the scene, make my prayer. That would feel like things I need to do so that, again, my heart can get back to where it really wants to be. In a case like that, we don't need the preparatory steps because our heart is already engaged. That would be the equivalent of that day when the two friends meet together in Starbucks. And again, because of whatever has preceded, phone conversation or something important happening, they are immediately ready, the moment they meet, to enter into a deep communication. And the same thing will be true in prayer. On those days, we don't need the preparatory steps. We can freely let them go. They are a launching pad. They're not a straitjacket. When our hearts are already engaged, we no longer need them.
0: We'll return to Praying with Scripture with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app Which contains all your favorite discerning hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from inside the pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts Free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of Saint Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, You gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary and by his very life he taught fidelity to the church. Father, hear the prayer of your family and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, Grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello,
1: my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way.
0: or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future.
1: Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today.
0: We now return to Praying with Scripture with Father Timothy Gallagher.
1: So we will find that on some days we may not need the steps, although my guess would be that that will not be the case most of the time, but it could be occasionally. On a particular day, one or two of the steps is already enough to engage my heart in the prayer. Or we may find on a number of days that the simple, short, and effective sequence of these brief preparatory moments really does help me to enter well into the prayer. This allows us to discuss a broader question, uh, as I said, about prayer, um, more in general. And that is, what if, for example, I'm praying today with the Beatitudes, and there are eight of them, and my heart gets deeply engaged and finds the Lord and fruitfulness in the first Beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And my heart begins to long for that kind of gospel poverty, that gospel simplicity of life which gives entrance into the kingdom of heaven. And then I'm aware that the 20 minutes are passing, and there are seven more Beatitudes. Shouldn't I also be getting to them as well? Mm -hmm. Or I'm praying with, let's say, the healing of uh, the blind man Bartimaeus, and I find myself drawn to his prayer, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, made out of his helplessness as Jesus is passing by. And my heart is drawn right there and makes that prayer repeatedly, deeply. And I find something blessed and healing coming into my heart and the closeness to the Lord as I lift up that prayer in my own need this day to the Lord. But the minutes are passing, and there's still the rest of the passage. What about these kinds of questions in our meditation or contemplation? The difference... For example, with the rosary, or if we're at Mass, the rosary, I'd say, if we're praying it with a group, is that the group has its own rhythm in the prayer, and we follow in that, and that's the way we attend the Mass or pray the rosary. But this is different. This is my own personal prayer. There's no group rhythm here. What decisions do I make about how long I stay with any particular point in the prayer and when I need to move on? St. Ignatius answers this in a single sentence in the spiritual exercises when he says this. In the point in which I am finding what I desire, God, hope, closeness with the Lord, love of the Lord, in the point in which I am finding what I desire, there I will rest without anxiety to go forward until my heart is satisfied. Now just repeat those words because they're so important for meditation and contemplation. In the point in which I am finding what I desire, Bartimaeus prayer to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In the point where I am finding what I desire, there I will rest without anxiety to go forward until my heart is satisfied, which takes all the tension out of this kind of prayer all the need to get through a certain amount, as it were, as we're praying with the Scriptures. There's only one place to be, to be as I am praying with the given Scripture, and it is in that point where God is speaking to my heart, and there I'll rest without anxiety to go forward until my heart is satisfied. The way I've thought of this um, at times is to imagine a road with five houses before me along the edge of the road. And I know that the friend I seek is in one of those five houses. And I knock at the door of the first house and the friend is there. Why knock at the second, third, fourth, or fifth? There really is only one place that I need to be, and that is where the friend is, where we can be together. On another day, the friend may be in the second, or third, or fourth, or fifth house, and then I'll keep knocking until I find the friend. But once I have found the friend, there is nowhere else to be on this particular day. And that's exactly what Ignatius wants us to see with regard to prayer. Remember, a few conversations ago, we spoke about Catherine and her healing experience of praying with the Passion of Jesus in the Gospel of John.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And she says, as she, as she prays with the, the cross of Jesus, that she spends hours Just seated at the cross, at the foot of the cross, just being with Jesus. No hurry to move on. Hours because she's doing this in the course of about eight days of retreat. And so repeatedly as she prays throughout these days, she comes back to just being there at the foot of the cross, being with Jesus on the cross. And those hours of prayer transform her life and bring her a healing that she sought for 17 years. What if, Catherine, it's hard to even say this because it's so spiritually, wrong. But just to uh-huh. make a point about something as holy as this, what if Catherine had felt, well, this is good, but I'm not getting through John's account of the passion. I need to keep moving. There's nowhere uh-huh. else There's nowhere else for her to be, but where the Lord is loving and blessing her in the point where I am finding what I desire there, I will rest without desire to go forward until my heart is satisfied. Saint Francis de Sales learned a great deal from Saint Ignatius and his exercises. He uses one of his simple comparisons taken from nature, and he says, "If you're outdoors and you watch a bee, and you watch it land on a flower, and it extracts pollen and honey from the flower as long as it finds it, and when it has exhausted what it can find on that particular flower, it lifts from that flower, flies to another, alights there, and does the same as long as it's finding pollen." As long as it's finding honey there, it remains. And you watch the bee, and it continues this process. It will stay longer on one flower if it finds more, and a shorter time on another if it finds less. And says St. Francis, that's what we should do in our own meditation and contemplation. As long as we're finding fruit, clarity, light, new energy, closeness to the Lord in any particular point of the prayer, like the bee, we stay there as long as... Our hearts are finding fruitfulness in the Lord. And then in one of his packed sentences, this is from the the introduction to the the devout life, which is a marvelous text worth, worth reading. He says this, So imitate the bees, stay where you find fruit, but if you do not come on anything that appeals to you, after you have examined and tried it out for a while, then go on to another. But proceed calmly and simply in this matter and do not rush yourself. So if I were praying with the catch of fish in Luke chapter 5, and as I begin to contemplate, we'll say this text, I am present at the scene where Jesus is teaching the crowd. And I spend a little time there. I'm attentive to the scene. I notice it. I watch Jesus, the interaction with the crowd. But my heart doesn't feel particularly touched today by this. Then Francis says, I gently go on to the next point in the text. And this is where Peter, Jesus turns to Peter, asks him to um, allow him to get into his boat, continues to teach, and then asks Peter to put out into the deep. Maybe another day when I prayed already with this text, that invitation of Jesus, that call to put out into the deep, spoke very deeply to my heart, and I sensed the Lord through that calling me to a new depth in my spiritual life. But today, as I hear Jesus say those words to Peter, I am reverently attentive, I let those words move within my heart, but again, don't feel particularly touched or drawn into that particular moment in the passage. Then gently, St. Francis says, I move on to the next point in the, cat, in, in the text which would be the miracle itself, and the catch of fish, and, and the drama of that, and the dawning realization in Peter. And Maybe today, too, as I pray with that, I am present to it, I spend a certain amount of time with it, but it doesn't seem to be opening up in a special way for me. Then Francis says, like the bee, I go on to the next point in the text. Peter's words to Jesus, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, and Jesus responds, do not be afraid. And maybe my heart does begin to feel drawn here. Then, says St. Francis with Ignatius, I will spend all the time that my heart desires without anxiety to go forward until my heart is satisfied. And this is how we would go through the the texts. Uh There is a lovely description of St. Catherine of Siena at prayer, and this is from a witness, and he wrote, She was not concerned about reading a lot. Rather, she would chew on every single word which is a beautiful thing. She would chew on mm-hmm. every single word. And when she found one she especially liked, she would stop for as long as her heart found pleasure raising there, which is again beautiful. It's, it's that perfect intuition in prayer of the saints. When she found one she especially liked, a word of the Lord, she would stop for as long as her heart found pleasure gazing there. That's exactly what Ignatius wants us to see. I remember a woman telling me once that, She was praying with the Passion of Jesus, and she prayed with it for a number of days. And somewhat like Catherine, I suppose, she found herself standing by the cross of Jesus in those three hours on Good Friday. And as she prayed, this was the contemplative approach. She found herself almost alone with the Lord Jesus. All the other sounds disappeared. She found herself less and less aware of the surrounding crowd. It became just herself standing before the cross of Jesus. And everything grew quiet, except for one small sound. She could hear the soft sound as the drops of blood touched and entered the ground. And that was all. And every every time she heard that soft sound, It told her that she was infinitely loved. And she stayed there for a number of days in her time of prayer, doing nothing more than this, simply with the Lord and hearing that soft sound. Now, that's very holy ground as as I'm sharing that. We approach that with reverence. But I think you can hear even in the description how, as this woman unhurriedly, without anxiety to go forward until her heart is satisfied, stays there where she's drawn, just hearing that simple, soft sound, which tells her how deeply she's loved. You can almost feel how oh, her heart is growing closer to the Lord and the bond of love between them is deepening.
0: Father Gallagher, as you're speaking, it just I think really speaks of how when we pray with our heart, we've we've heard that, you know, you should pray with your heart. But this really exemplifies that because the heart now is leading the head as opposed to the head leading the heart you know when we study or we i i have to get through this i have to learn this this is a flip of that almost
1: well i think that's what happens in any deep communication we go back to that analogy of the two friends at starbucks mm-hmm. it's probably going to start with there'll be a certain content an issue of life that maybe they're sharing or working together on or as part of the family relationship, church relationship. But as the conversation deepens, it comes to the point where words become less important almost. And what both know and what is so deeply happy is when both sense that heart has spoken to heart. You know, Chris, as you say that, I'm thinking of John Henry Newman's A famous definition, definition is too weak a word, description of prayer Mm -hmm. as heart speaks to heart. You're right. We begin with the imagination, we begin with the mind's ability to reflect, but it simplifies, it deepens, and it does become the point where heart meets heart. And that's when prayer has reached its deepest point. And St. Ignatius' counsel is that once we have reached that point, let all hurry cease that all need to be anywhere else in the prayer and to move on, let all of that go, and simply remain there until our hearts are satisfied. There is enormous growth in the spiritual life when we do that. That's why I've taken some time on this counsel from St. Ignatius, because it sets us free, it sets our hearts free to be with the divine heart of the Lord.
0: Mm, Beautiful. I can't wait to our next session. Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Praying with Scripture, Christian Contemplation and Meditation in the Ignatian Tradition with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Praying with Scripture, Christian Contemplation and Meditation in the Ignatian Tradition with Father Timothy Gallagher.